Once again, um, we want to say good morning. Uh, we're really grateful that you're with us this morning this, during this holiday season. Uh, my name's Daryl. If we haven't met, um, glad that you're all here. Uh, we're doing, um, every year we do Advent, and Advent we uh, celebrate hope, peace, joy, and love in the birth of the risen King. Um, and so, uh, it's really, it's really a great time if, if you can slow down in all the busyness, right? Uh, <laughs> now, that is a word from the Lord, slow down in all the busyness, uh, which is not all that, that easy, hard, that, which is really challenging because you, you do so many social things. Um, Lisa and I, uh, my wife Lisa and I, we took our, our grandson to see the lights last night, and... Um, so we decided to kind of get there early, and um, my goodness, it was like an anthill. And uh, going up South Temple, was I bet it took me to go from like 4th West up to, up to um, City Creek. It probably took 20 minutes. I mean, it was crazy, bumper to bumper. Um, anyways... We had a great time, you know, they do a great nativity scene up there in all the lights, and it was just really, yeah, that's right, temple, you go right, um, not the temple, that temple, anyways, we are the temple, <laughs> just, just in case you were confused, we are the temple, <laughs> why, because Christ lives where, what, what, what? Okay, Sunday School 101. Christ lives in our hearts. There you go. All right. Christ lives in our hearts. If he doesn't live in your heart, you have an opportunity today to start that. So we light, we do, uh, we light candles and represent hope, peace, and Daniel did a great job last week. Appreciate it, Daniel. Uh, and today we're going to talk about joy. We light this candle in the name of Jesus for the presence of joy that he has brought into this world. Uh, in the midst of challenges, in the midst of everything, joy has a name. Hope has a name. Peace has a name. And love has a name. And that is how we, how we do life, right? So anyways, it's my privilege today to talk a little bit about hope. Uh, the invitation to say yes to, is, is our devotional, as Dave reflected today on his. Thank you, Dave, by the way. Uh, thank you, Paul, uh, for praying for Capital. Capital is doing a wonderful job. And we're having this invitation. We have an invitation to hope, uh, excuse me, to joy. That, and I've been thinking about this a lot because when you think about hope, peace, and joy, and love, isn't that something that we're all searching for all the time? Sometimes we look in the wrong places. I get that. I, I've been on that journey. And uh, every once in a while, you know, you take a wrong turn in your journey of life. But we're all searching for true hope, true peace, true joy, and true love. All of us. And don't go to the tabloids because they're going to lead you astray. That's a good time to say amen, brother. Hey, by the way, I was thinking this morning, and I, could, I hear these little, little claps start to emerge out there. You know, I was in the back, and I'm going, you know, it is okay to be jubilant. 
in church. You know, leave your piety, the, the bad piety outside, and bring the good piety inside, right? It's okay to be jubilant in church. And I, I think in our situation, somebody needs to be brave enough to do the first big clap, right? Is that it? Is that what we're looking for? Thank you, Jules. There you go. Now, she probably grew up with a big clap. Lead us the way. Thank you. <laughs> um, but somehow, I, I get out and everybody's going to go, oh, nobody's clapping. Come on, right? Yeah, all right. Get a little juice going. There you go. There you go. You're, she's, she's saying she's with me. I love it. There you go. Oh, are you all with me? Stand up. Come on. Let's do this. Let's get, a little up. Let's get it up going, right? Come on. There you go. Now, I just want to release you in, names, in the name of Jesus to be a little jubilant. <laughs> so, you know, what we've been talking about is um, hope that doesn't disappoint. And everybody's looking for a hope that doesn't disappoint. All of us. We're always looking for that. We're always trying to find that, that, that one thing, that hope that will carry us through life, right? All of us. It is, it's, it's in our DNA. We look for it. We look for that that peace that cannot be explained. You know, have you ever said to yourself, if only I had this, I would have a peaceful life? Oh, come on. Come on. Right? We all do that. Look, I can go to the mirror and do this sermon. (laughs) We're all looking for joy too great for words. Unspeakable joy. We sang the song. Unspeakable joy. And we look, we look, we're, all, we're looking for joy. We're looking to be happy. We're looking and happy in all of it. All of it. Hope, peace, joy, love. It's all more than a feeling or an emotion. All of it is so much more than that. But somehow we're driven by how we feel. We dr- we're driven by our emotions and we, and we get that, you know, that, that, that moment of that moment of. But those moments will not carry you through. They're not bad. I'm not saying they're bad. But if they're not connected to the hope, to peace unspeakable, or peace that surpasses understanding, joy that's greater than words, and love that is sustains through all circumstances, then we're always going to be found wanting, right? We'll always be found wanting. Love that never fails. And that's really what we've been talking about. Those are the things that we are, we're, we're leaning into and trying to grow in and learn from. All of this, hope, peace, joy, and love, needs to be a part of our core. It needs to be, it moves from the inside out. When it's a part of our core, circumstances doesn't manipulate it. Tries to, but doesn't have to. So, if you have your Bibles, and if you don't, that's all right. 
We'll have it on the screen. Turn to Luke chapter 2. At this point, Joseph and Mary in Bethlehem, you know, they've, they've, they've traveled, they've, been, they've come to the, the city of David, Bethlehem, where uh, they, the consensus was taking place, and that's why they were driven there. And the surrounding, you know, you have the shepherds surrounding, you've got all this activity, the city's full of people where their heritage is from. And picking up in verse 8, it says this, That night there were shepherds staying out in the field nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, so they should be. Uh, But the angels reassured them, Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring you great joy, will bring great joy to all people. Great joy, I bring you good news. I mean, can you imagine? I don't even know. I'm sitting there trying to place myself in the shepherd's shoes, and I'm out there, and all of a sudden, heaven opens up, right? How, how do you imagine that? But anyways, it opens up. And this, this angelic figure starts talking to them, and, you know, I'm kind of sitting there going, I don't even know if I could listen. I'd probably be shaking down to my shoes and, you know, some other, you know, anyways. But anyways, he, the, the, he, the breakthrough of heaven comes. And in verse 11, it says this. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you shall recognize him by this sign. You will find him, a baby wrapped snugly in stripes of cloth, strips of cloth, excuse me, lying, Lying in the manger. This is where they're giving them direction. Angels giving them. Now think about it. Angels have been given direction since the conception of Jesus. The angel came and talked to Mary. Angel came and consoled Joseph. Joseph, I know you're troubled, and you should be. But it's okay. Joseph, it's okay. And now to the shepherds, to the shepherds out there, the angels are talking to them, telling them that the Messiah is being born. Now, everybody has been waiting for the Messiah. They all knew about it. They all had read Isaiah. They've been anticipating, expecting the Messiah all of their lives. And yet, now heaven opens up. And speaks to him. And then it says, suddenly the angels were joined with a vast host of others. So now we move from one angel to a vast host of others. And the armies of heaven. Now we're talking not only the vast host of armies, but now we're talking about the armies of heaven. So we're saying this is probably pretty big, right? It's probably covering the sky. And the armies of heaven praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom he is pleased. Maybe something like this kind of rose up. Hark the herald, the angels sing. Glory to the newborn king. 
Peace on earth and mercy mild. God and sinner are reconciled. God and sinner are reconciled. Joyful, all you nations rise. Join the trumpet of the skies. Join the trumpet of the skies. I think that might have been a life-changing moment for them. You think? Do you think they were ever the same after that? Never, huh? Can I tell you a little something about myself? I'll make it short. When I met Jesus, I was never the same. My life changed. I think I, I, think I connect to what the, the shepherds might have been face, uh, uh, interfacing with. When I met Jesus... I made 180 degrees. Well, maybe not totally 180 degrees, but eventually I got there. Some things were a little slower than others. But I got there. And it's because I met Jesus. I didn't just enter into some new philosophy. It wasn't just some truth that I decided to live by. I met Jesus. Jesus. The Messiah. God who came to be with us. He came and he was with me. I met Jesus. I met him. I tangibly met him. When you go, what do you mean? What do you mean tangibly? Well, it was tangible enough that changed me from the inside out. Became part of my core. I was changed. I met hope. I encountered peace. I found out what real joy was. And it all was connected to true love. The song we sang, joy to the Lord, joy, joy, joy to the world, the Lord has come. Joy to the world. We sing it. We take this month and, and we sing all of these theological songs that are so powerful and have so much truth and so connected with heaven and eternity. And they got, they got to be more than words, don't you think? I would challenge us. They need to become more like a lifestyle. And then just kind of this reflecting here a little bit on the scriptures and what was being said by the angels to the shepherds the first announcement from heaven outside of the angels personally visiting Mary and Joseph. The announcement of the Messiah's birth was given to the angels some, to some anonymous shepherds. We don't even know their names. We just know they were out there taking care of their sheep. Why shepherds? Why not the priests or the scribes? Why not? If the angels would have came to them, I don't know what would have happened. But God chose to go to shepherds. He chose to open up heaven and an announcement from his angelical armies to these shepherds outside of Jesus' birthplace. Just outside. Has to be like walking distance, right? They went. 
by visiting, here's a thought, by visiting the shepherds, the angel revealed the grace of God towards all humanity. Not just the elite, religious elite, to all humanity. You might not know this, or you might know this, but shepherds were really the outcast of society at that time. Now think about it. They were ceremonially unclean all the time because they spent all their time with sheep. And they had to spend their time with the sheep because if they didn't spend all their time with the sheep, the, the wildlife would come and, you know, sheep are kind of defenseless. You guys know that? I know a little, the very little about sheep. I know more than I want to know. Let's put it that way. I mean, they jump and they can run, but if you grab them, they give up. If you just grab them, they give up. Do you think they want to sit there and be sheared? It's food for thought. Um, so it would take a week for the shepherds to become ceremonially clean, and they could not, they could not afford the week to leave their sheep. And so they were always kind of, being a shepherd wasn't always, although scripture, and we knew King David was a, a shepherd, God had a different opinion than, it, than society did. Let's put it that way. God does not call the elite or the mighty but he calls everybody. And he came to the shepherds. And it means a lot to me. Because as I see the shepherds, I see them, I see myself. When I see heaven open up to the shepherds, I see myself. I see myself in that same type of position. I see myself as God's grace breaking, breaking through. Maybe you're like me and you identify with that statement. That statement, it isn't that God doesn't love everybody, but they do. He does, but he chose to go to the shepherds. Maybe you think about 1 Corinthians one twenty six. Just thinking about this identity, identifying with shepherds. It says, remember, dear brothers and sisters, that few of you were wise in the world's eyes or powerful or wealthy when God called you. He says, few, not all. Instead, God chose those things of the world considered foolish in order to shame those that think they are wise. Just thinking about how he stepped outside of the manger to minister and call forth the shepherds. And he chose things that are powerless to shame those who are powerful. Right? I don't know about you, but I was a slave to my, my, to my dysfunctions. Do you understand that? I was a slave. To, I can't tell you how many times, I'm not going to, by the way. Uh, how many times I said, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to change that, and blah, 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 blah. Never to succeed. I can't tell you. 
and I don't want to uh, boast in my own abilities because my abilities are, are not really all that great. Um, I was notorious about starting things and never finishing them. Can you relate to that? Anybody in this room relate to that? <laughs> I got a few believers, thank you. I, I feel your pain. <laughs> notorious. Well, it turns out my dad was the same way. He would, he would tear out walls, blah, blah, blah. Anyways, notorious for that. And I finally woke up one day and said, I am not starting anything that I don't finish. And I would, and things would wait. I said, I'm not starting nothing. I'm not starting anything that I don't finish. And I, I can't say I, was, I, hit, I hit, a, hit a thousand, but I know I hit a lot more than I did before. Anyways, a lot better at it. But the foolish of these things that confound the wise... The commoner that God would work through. If you read, you read through church history and see how the, all the people that God has chosen to work through, you would be extremely surprised. Instead, God chose the things of the world to consider foolish in order to shame those who think they are wise, who are haughty. And, and he chose the things that are powerless to shame those who are powerful Powerful. Verse 28 says, God chose, God chose things despite, despised by the world, things counted as nothing to all, and used them to bring, not, to bring to nothing that the world considered. That the world considered important. As a result, no one can ever boast in the presence of God. In other words, you know, remember in the beginning... When God said, hey, you, can, you, got this, you got all of this world, enjoy it. But do not eat of the tree of life, of knowledge, life of knowledge. Don't eat that. You know why he said not to? Because he didn't want us to think that we were God. And now we've, we've fallen. And now everything we try to do is trying to tell God that we are God. Do you get that? you understand that? I mean, I, I... Science has come so far and, and knowledge has come so far that we believe so uniquely in ourselves that we have no need for God. That's really another sermon, but... Question and are we willing today, right now, to put our whole lives in Christ? To put our whole lives in the hands of the Lord? Are you really right now to say, I am all in? I want all of the hope that Jesus has for me. I want all the peace that Jesus has for me. I want all the joy that Jesus has for me. And I want to know true love and what that means. I want to experience, I want to know it, I want to live it. I want to walk through life's uh, uh, storms or life's problems or life's challenges, carrying in within my core all that Jesus has for me. Jesus is for us. Jesus is for you. Jesus, see, 
one of the most liberating things of, in my personal life is that when, when I really understood the scripture that Paul, when he wrote the, wrote the letter to the Romans, and he says, we can do all things in Christ Jesus who strengthens us. You know, that's a powerful scripture. Because I used to say to myself, there are certain things I could not do. I, uh, um, uh, things that are extremely challenging for me, as personally, um, uh, that, I, that would just overwhelm me. They, that certain things would overwhelm me so bad that it would shut me down. Have you ever experienced that? Something so challenging that it just shuts you down. And I would have those kinds of experiences. And then what I realized is I, have the, I would go to Jesus and say, Jesus, I need to do this. I need to grow through this. I need to overcome this. Will you help me? And the Lord helps us. Lord helps those who call upon his name. Jesus is for you. Jesus I mean, I'm not looking, I, I'm not saying you need, you, you, we're going to be the best or the better in somebody else. It's not a competition. It's just me becoming all I can become in Christ Jesus. Me being a good father, a good husband, a good grandfather, a good pastor, a good friend. All of those things. I just, I just want to do life well, right? Don't you want to do life well? I want to do life well. Is doing life well being successful? It's not being successful. But if you're successful in Christ, you're success, successful in life is what I'm saying. If you try to go the other way, it's backwards. That's all I'm saying. And I'm telling you right now, everybody's looking for hope. Everybody's looking for peace. Everybody's looking for joy. And everybody's looking for love. Everybody. Everybody. And it all, all of it has a name. Everybody's looking for that. Everybody's looking for a hope that doesn't disappoint. A peace that we can't explain. Joy too great for words. And love that never fails. All of us are always looking for that. We can stand with those who have gone before us. I'm thinking of King David right now. And this is out of Acts where, where Peter just refers to the statement of King David where he said, where he says in Acts chapter 2 starting with verse 25, King David said this about him. I see the Lord is always with me and I will not be shaken for he is right beside me. For he is right beside me. I want to say to you, to all of us, Jesus is here. Right? He's not outside. You know, he was outside when you were outside. But he, he's here with us. He is here. That's what makes Jesus who Jesus is. He is omnipotent. He is everywhere all the time. You can't capture him. In this one, he's only right here. He, he's everywhere. Isn't that just mind-boggling to you? Wrap your head around that. You can't. It is mind-boggling to me. Around the world, in Russia, right now, when people, well, they're sleeping, but when they wake up and talk to Jesus, he's there. Jesus is everywhere. 
He's here with us right now. He's here right now and he's hearing your heart's cry. He's here and wants to console every one of us. He wants us to stand with David where he says, he's right here beside me. He goes on, no wonder my heart is glad and my tongue shouts his praises. My body rests in hope. No wonder I have so much to be happy about. Because it's all based on what Jesus has done for you and I. It's not based on substance. It's based on a person. It's based on God. It's based on the creator. It's based on what he has done for you and I. He, he, the first advent, the first coming, his birth, advent, his first coming, was based on the idea, all the scripture talks about, especially the New Testament talks about his second advent. His second coming, uh, coming, that what we call the hope of glory, that is what gives us hope. That's what gives us peace. That's what gives us joy. That's what gives us hope. Because the Bible says that you and I, those that are called by his name, those that say, confess with their mouth, Jesus, you're Lord and I'm not, will spend eternity with him. Yeah. Can I get a come on? Thank you. I think a good word for 2020 is jubilation. I think it is. I really do. I think David had it. You know, the Bible says about King David, he's a man after my own heart. I believe that you and I can live that in Christ. We can be a people after Jesus' own heart just by saying yes. We can be that. We can own that. We can have that. Doesn't this belong to him? I'm glad he had it, though. Let's put it that way. For you, will not, for you will not leave my soul among the dead or allow your Holy One to rot in a grave. You have shown me the way of life and you have filled me with the joy of your presence. You've shown me the way of life and you've filled me with the joy of your presence. That is what a personal, vibrant, intimate relationship with Jesus is. You've filled me with your presence. And no longer is, is it, I can't, but I shall. Right? I shall. You might need to go home, look in the mirror and say, you can. I'll do it. You can. And I'll tell you why I can say that in all faith and all um, confidence. Because Jesus, the Bible says that Jesus is not a respecter of persons. And he loves each and every one of us exactly the same. You can. You can. You can. I'd like to ask the, the worship team to come forward as I begin to wind down. C.S. Lewis said this. He said, joy is the serious business of heaven. Right? Well, we got a glimpse of that with the angels appearing to the, the shepherds. We got a glimpse of what that looked like. Joy is serious. And then, and, then, and then it erupted. Erupted in the, the heavenly host. Erupted in this huge choir of jubilation, I might add. Just saying, just saying that it's serious business of heaven. The serious business of eternity, for us to enter in and walk in living hope. 
for you and I to walk and enter in a living peace, for you and I to enter in and walk and live in, in that joy. And all of it is, is sewn together by the love of Jesus, that first advent, that first coming, that expectation. And now you and I have received that expectation and live for that second advent. For that second, that time of coming where Jesus comes and takes his church with himself, his bride, you and I. That hope of glory. As I wind down, let's, let's take our, our offering. Um, first of all, we're, we, we are you know, a congregational supported church, a community supported church. And I want to thank you for your sacrifice, because I know that giving outside of, of your uh, income is a sacrifice. And I just pray that God blesses you and keeps you and, 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 and continues to help you with your generosity and your gratitude. We appreciate that. We, we want to really want you to know how much we appreciate your faithfulness. If you read John 15 or John 17, the Gospel of John 17 and 15, or 15 and 17, some of the things that you're gonna, you'll enter into is that Jesus would talk about that he, the things that he, he does, that your joy might be filled. That you and I could be filled with the joy of the Lord. My prayer for you this week is that somebody, co-worker, friend, somebody that this, this says to you, why are you so darn happy? Why not? I got an answer. I got the joy of the Lord, man. Here you go. Let's sing a song. Let's finish up. Why don't you stand with me?